You're listening to the Bearded Theologians podcast, hosted by Zach Bechtold and Matt Franks. If you'd like to learn more about the Bearded Theologians, you can go online at beardedtheologians.com, where we have past podcasts, blogs, and a couple items for sale. So check us out, beardedtheologians.com. Thank you for listening, and enjoy this week's show. You're listening to the Bearded Theologians podcast, hosted by Matt Franks and Zach Bechtold. And today we have uh, we have a very special guest with us. We have uh, Dr. Jeremy Garber, uh, who is the Director of Student Services and the Writing Center at Methodist Theological, Theological School in Ohio. Um, Jeremy, great to have you on. Thanks for, thanks for being here. Yeah, thanks, Matt and Zach, for having me. Yeah, I'm super glad to have you here. I, I met you in my days at, at ILIF, um, where you were uh, just a wonderful human being and one of my favorite professors and overall became one of my, uh, it really became my favorite Mennonite on the planet. So <laughs> glad, to, glad to have you here with us. Uh, would you tell a little, uh, tell our listeners a little bit about yourself, you know, who you are, what you do and yeah, uh, so I, like Matt said, grew up in kind of progressive Mennonite circles, so I get to use a computer and drive a car. Uh, <laughs> oh, although my grandmother grew up Amish, and she actually left the church because her parents wanted them to be able to go to high school. So okay. we've kind of gone, gone the route of farm to PhD in three generations. Wow. Uh, but I... Did my undergrad in theater at Goshen College, which was a Mennonite college, and then got my Master of Divinity at the Anabaptist Mennonite Biblical Seminary. While I was there, just figured out I love teaching. I had the opportunity to teach a Bible class at Goshen while I was getting my master's uh, and really loved that. So then I moved out to ILIF to do my PhD in religion and philosophy and media. When I was thinking about what I wanted to do. So from the theater background, I knew I wanted to do theology and popular culture. And I called a lot of different schools and they're like, wow, that sounds really interesting. We don't do anything like that at all. And I called, I left and like, oh yeah, we can help you do that. So it turned up, <laughs> and that was my first direct accidental connection with Methodism, I think. <laughs> uh, I, I like just, that accidental connection. <laughs> <laughs> like, Sure, they're going to help me do this. Methodist, sure, I don't know very much about them. Uh, but I really found that there's a lot of parallels, I think, between the Methodist tradition and the Mennonite tradition, particularly that attention to sanctification and ethics and being a Christian is what you do in the world, not just what you think in your head, right? Mm -hmm. So while I was at ILF, I helped start the academic advising center there while I was writing my dissertation. And also found I really love student services, like just uh, helping. The, the way I kind of frame what my mission is, is helping people tell their story and then helping people do their story, right? So what, what are you called to? Uh, what, what, yeah, how are you going to live your life in the world? And let's figure out how to do that. So that's why I'm doing what I'm doing now. I love it. I love it. Well, we're, we're right smack in the middle of a, uh, just a series on the Lord's Prayer. And uh, in my my experience with you as a professor and just um, just being around you and how you think, I wanted to get your perspective on on the Lord's Prayer and uh, have have your voice in on that. And so 
we'll just let you run with it. <laughs> so the the big revolu revolution for me with the Lord's Prayer happened last summer during the pandemic. So I I grew up praying Lord's Prayer pretty much every Sunday. You know, my my grandmother was a very big prayer warrior. If you're allowed to be a warrior when you're a Mennonite. Um, but I saw her model like getting up in the morning every day and we were staying with her. We'd come down the staircase and she'd be there with her Bible and her journal, just thinking about things and, and doing her prayer requests. So I grew up uh, in my church when we were praying the Lord's prayer, we used uh, forgive us our sins as we forgive those who've sinned against us, which is kind of, abstract right it's about me and my personal relationships with other people like oh i made you feel bad sorry about that and then when we were in denver we actually went to a methodist church that was pastored by a couple friends of ours and there they use trespass right and which which always seemed a little bit funny to me it's like i'm sorry i walked over the line onto your lawn <laughs> Right. So then I read this marvelous book. I'm going to plug it here called Debt, the First 5,000 Years by David Graeber. And Graeber really lays out the case that basically all of our modern inequality is based on the invention of debt and that it's an invention, right? It starts happening when uh, agriculture starts when we have surplus and some people start to keep things and force other people to rely on them. Right? So if we go back to the original Greek word, ophemi, literally means debt. Right? Forgive me my debts as I forgive those who are indebted to me. And ever since then, I've been starting, I've been using debt intentionally when I pray the Lord's Prayer. Forgive me my debts as I forgive those who are indebted to me. And if we really take that literally and seriously, that's pretty revolutionary, right? What would it mean for us to invert the system, an entire culture that's built on owing and hierarchy? I think that's what the Lord's Prayer is asking us to do in a nutshell, yeah. right? Turn the kingdom upside down, and it starts with literally forgiving debt. Yeah, I love that. Uh, and that that's so much in line with everything Jesus does, right? Um, you look at things like the Sermon on the Mount or the Sermon on the Plains, and we start with the Beatitudes, and, and Jesus turns the idea of happiness. Here's what the world says makes you happy, but here's really what's going to make you happy and bring the kingdom of heaven in, into reality, right? The complete opposite. In, in so, exactly. Yeah, that's super in line with with this, right? If we if we begin with forgiveness and forgiving debts, it changes everything. Yeah, and and that opposition, right, to everything that seems logical and reasonable, I think, is one of my favorite things about the Gospels. <laughs> yes, uh, I, I my work was part of my work is on the Holy Spirit. Uh, that's what okay this is here can i put stuff in the chat i'll put it in the chat too awesome. called another way uh thinking together about the holy spirit 
so yeah, when, when you look at how the spirit works, going back to example, uh, uh, when the people get together and ask Samuel to make them a king, right? He's like, look, if you do this, you will be indebted. Literally, that's Samuel's basic warning. He's like, he's going to tax the heck out of you. He's going to take your kids. He's going to take your land. He's going to take your stuff. This is what you're asking for because you want to be like everybody else around you. Like, oh, no, we're scared. We want to be have a king. And it all comes to pass. That's kind of the arc of the Hebrew Bible. Right? Is that coming to fruition? With, with Solomon, who was the wise king in the eyes of the world, he did terrible stuff, right? He creates this massive income inequality. He uh, takes women from their homes and gives himself 900 wives. Uh, his wisdom is world wisdom. Right? It's not spirit wisdom. So. There, that, there's an invitation for a sermon right there. Right. <laughs> yeah, I, we've talked a lot about just the different words, like you said, debts and trespasses, um, and just the various things in, in tradition and translation that we find in this. And, and I think that's what's fascinating to me, um, whether we've had Methodists on or Mennonites on or whomever we've had on to talk about it, there's always just a little bit more and a little bit of a different lens that we all look through on this. And uh, for something that many, many, many of us do in tradition, in uh, just faithful and hopeful prayer using the Lord's Prayer, um, there's a lot to pull from it uh, and a lot of different ways we pull from it. And I, I think we miss that sometimes. Uh, in just the busyness and routine of life uh, and faith. And, and that was the biggest reason we wanted to have this conversation with a bunch of people of what do you mm -hmm. get from it, right? Because <laughs> we mm -hmm. may be missing something. <laughs> yeah, that's I, I watched a couple episodes y'all put up on the web. In that first conversation, you were talking about kind of the, the two-sidedness of it, right? That's <laughs> It's comfortable, it's familiar, it gives us something to say when we don't have anything to say. Right. But the flip side of that is we can just rattle it off without ever considering the meaning. Mm -hmm. Good. Well, and I think that that's where like, <clears throat> like in my congregational work and, and some of the stuff that I've done, it's, it's always interesting when you ask that question, like, what does this mean to you? And like people never really stop to think about the implications of this prayer. And, you know, mm -hmm. like, um, I grew up around, um, I grew up around debts and debtors and trespasses. And, um, <clears throat> and um, I, I've always found that interesting that like, when people get so fermented on like, no, it's trespasses. And I'm like, really? Like, are you sure about that? Because, you know, um, you know, there's other traditions that say it's debts and debtors. And um, <clears throat> I always find that interesting that um, when people start really unpacking this prayer, that they start to really kind of really understand that counterculture-ness of the prayer, mm -hmm. but then also like what this prayer could really mean for them, you know, in their daily walk. And, and, mm -hmm. and, you know, I'm, I would be uh, intrigued, like how, like, as you grew up with this prayer, like you had said, um, like what kind of things has it you know, shaped for you as you think of, you know, not just the debts, but what are some other things that come out uh, for you? 
I think the other big piece of it, we were kind of talking about that, that uh, ethics strain in the Mennonite church particularly. And, and I'll say up front, we can often be, this is what Methodists bring. I think that's nice. Mennonites can often focus so much on the ethics and the guilt that we forget about the grace. Right, so uh, the the part that I think shaped a lot of the way I've been a Christian is my uh, kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. Right, wow. it's explicitly about what's going on right now and right here, not about later, not about somewhere else, but that counterculturalness. Uh, we're getting a taste of it right now. Right, so. At its worst, or at least most challenging, I think the Lord's Prayer for me has been a push to be less comfortable than I am. Uh, but at its best, it it comforts me in knowing that I'm doing what I can. Right. Uh, right. Forgive us our debts, too. Whoops. I just, my definition of sin has always been the human inevitability to screw up despite our best intentions. Uh, right? We try and get it right, but we're never going to be perfect. Mm -hmm. So giving, giving me the grace for me to trip and God to say, hey, don't worry about it. Get back up and let's try again together mm -hmm. is, is implicit in all of that in the Lord's Prayer specifically. Yeah. Yeah. In, in, Right. In the, in the same breath of let me offer that same grace to the people around me. Right. Uh, not only am I going to trip and mess up and, and God's going to be there to pick me up with grace, but let us offer that same grace to the people around us. In, and I think you're right. I think it offers that great bit of challenge to not only, oh, hey, here's where we are in all of this, but here's where everybody else is, too. Um, and I I. I don't know. I find that maybe maybe we as Christians have a really sometimes have a really hard time with that. Uh, and I don't know. Maybe maybe we've just seen so much in the last few years where not a lot of grace has been offered, uh, and it's been very short sighted. Yeah, but by everybody, right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. By everybody. It, it seems like the United States is divided into two camps now, mm -hmm. right? If you figure out somebody's opinion on one thing, you can figure out their opinion on everything. Right. And then you can decide whether they're on your team or off your team. Right. Right. And oh, so I mean, look at what's going on with the UMC right now. Yep. That same uh, kind of us versus them, and. If anything, the Lord's Prayer is not an us versus them prayer. Correct. Mm, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's, it's uh, we're all in this together, um, and we better act that way. <laughs> or it's yeah. not even better, right? It's so much nicer if we act that way. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> right, right. Just do it this way, like Jesus said, right? <laughs> it's, it's so easy. <laughs> well, and, and I like your, <clears throat> I like your kind of, a hit on the um, the reality of the kingdom being here now. Gosh, yeah. um, <clears throat> I think far too often, especially, you know, I'm coming from Oklahoma. We spend too much time talking about heaven and like mm -hmm. getting into heaven that like we mm -hmm. forget that there's work to do here now. Um, I've always been kind of taught like as Methodists, like we're more worried about the work here now than we are what's going to happen after we're done, you know, and um, that we are moving towards in, in perfection. 
and um, not moving towards imperfection, but moving <laughs> into perfection. <laughs> let, me, let me clear that up a little bit. Um, uh, some people may be, but that's you, well, we could, that's a whole other podcast for a whole other time. Um, but I think that, um, I think far too often um, Christians can tend to forget that like we have work here to do now and that the heaven uh, the, if we, if we do our job, if we do our part of, of discipling, we, um, are bringing in heaven, uh, to the poor, to those around us. And, and, and that's, I think that's been the one thing that's hit me about this prayer more than anything is that that reality of key, the kingdom here now. Um, yeah. and that's just something that's always wrestled with me. Even like this last Sunday, when we said it in church, I was like, Oh, I needed to hear that. Like I needed to hear that. Mm. Um, and I think that that's something that, it does get glossed over, mm-hmm. uh, and, and, and just our experience of it mm-hmm. and not, and not, not only that, just the monotonous of the prayer and the service seems nobody like I'm trying to get my congregations. to like, Hey, pray this prayer. Don't just like, like pray like you would pray normal prayer. And I think that that's, I think when people start doing that, they'll start seeing some of those things. And that's the nice thing about, right trying it in other languages or different translations like the one uh, you had last week is it just strikes us in a different ear than the words we're using and the lovely thing the beautiful thing about it being now is we don't have to wait for heaven right that's the mind blow it's here right now we just reach out and put the glasses on get a little taste of it right it's right there right there Why yeah do not want to do that yeah, yeah. i think i think that's my favorite thing about really just jesus when he when he talks about the kingdom of heaven here and now in all of the variety of ways and then again like both of you struck in that oh, it's here in this prayer that we do that's that's really ingrained in a lot of our tradition and and um just practice we say it but it's remembering, oh, no, no, he meant it here now, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> There's work to be done here and now, but we also get to enjoy it uh, here and now. Um, and it's not this far off, far off thing that we have to wait till death for. Um, no, I think that, yeah, I'm struck, deeply struck by that often. <laughs> Just thinking about now, I, I don't have my Greek with me, but I wonder what that word forever at the end is translated. I wonder if that's a time forever or if it's a timeless forever. Mm. Yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory all the time, right? Outside of time, outside of space. It's just just there. And if we acknowledge that, how does that shape our everyday life differently? Right. Yeah. And it, it Back to your original point of words, words matter, right? Uh, the word debt matters. It, it means something uh, more so than what we give it in trespasses or, you know, that wordplay is, is vital uh, and, and can be life-giving to, to the text and to us as we live into the prayer. Yeah. I'm going to go do a little re- Greek research later. <laughs> nice. Because <laughs> now I'm curious. <laughs> Well, and and what what would it be like maybe to intentionally cycle the different words through with our congregations? If we do sin, if we do debt, and we do trespasses, and and think about how that hits us differently every time. 
Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was something. Um, I think this is going to be something I do for Lent is to look at it. And that was actually kind of giving you my plan is that each week we would do a different one. Um, not only that, just in the Methodist tradition, you know, there's a couple of different ones. Like there's, if you look in the back of the hymnal, there's a few different ones that uses debts and like have that honest conversation about that. Mm-hmm. Um, and that it is a part of our history. It's just that one kind of has taken precedence. Um, uh, and I think that the, having that reality that this prayer is broader than what we just say on Sunday, I think that that's helpful. Uh, it, it allows for that growth that we're, you know, we're all desiring. Um, and, um, I think that it's key, um, uh, to, you know, just who we are as, as followers of Jesus to, to work towards that growth and not just be stuck in something because this is what we've always done. This is the way that we always do it. Um, and so I think that that's a good way of, mm-hmm. of kind of looking at that and, you know, just to help us, help us grow. And I'll, I don't think I said this, but every morning my prayer practice is, uh, First of all, to play Xbox for an hour while I wake up and nice. drink my coffee. Uh, but then I have my meditation, my prayer time. At the end of it, I always do the Lord's Prayer every morning before my day starts just to, yeah, get me in that place of looking for the kingdom. Nice. I love that. No, I, I uh, yeah, I, I think that all brings it, brings it in, into that meaning of, you know, I, I remember getting up and walking downstairs and seeing my grandmother sitting with her Bible, praying this prayer, right? I, when, when we put the intention behind it for ourselves, we find the meaning and why our saints did what they did and why mm-hmm. they found meaning into it and, and bringing us all back together. And, and here's this great thing that we do individually, right? But it's also such a communal thing, uh, such a communal prayer uh, and just space to occupy and be in, to center ourselves, to be present with, you know, the cloud of witnesses, right? With those mm-hmm. who have gone before us and that are with us. And, and that's, I think there's something really beautiful there when we remember that. Uh, and it becomes less of a prayer, not less of a prayer, but it becomes less about the prayer and more of here's the thing we do together. Because mm. those folks are in that kingdom space too. Yep. Right. Eternal space that's outside time. Oh, I just got goosebumps. (laughs) (laughs) I know, I love it. (laughs) I love it so much. Well, Jeremy, is there anything else you want to, any more wisdom you want to impart on us? Anything else? Any final words? Any more plugs? (laughs) (laughs) We love plugs. (laughs) Oh, no, it's been lovely to hang out and talk. And I ask my, my encouragement for all the folks listening is go out into your communities, whatever those might be and think about what it might mean to actually forgive debts. Think about student loan debt, think about medical debt, think about credit card debt. How can you as a community help forgive those debts literally so we can have a little bit more kingdom in our communities together? Love it. Love it. I also think he wins the award for the first time of actually like Capping back to the previous episode. <laughs> yeah. Like, I don't think right? that's ever happened before in the six years. So like, I think like we got to get him a little trophy or something. That's right. That's right. Uh, <laughs> I wouldn't mind some merch. Hey, we'll, uh, yeah. We'll, 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 we'll work get on that. We'll get, you, we'll get you some swag. Uh, so uh, we, we thank you for being on today, Jeremy. And, uh, um, you know, you're always welcome to come back at any time. Uh, if you've got another book coming out, uh, definitely uh, let us plug it for you. And, yeah. and, uh, 
we tend to have a good bump for people. Uh, nice. um, we get people an extra three or four books. <laughs> <laughs> and it's usually us buying two. So like, that helps. so, uh, you know, we definitely thank you for your time. And uh, so for the bearded theologians, I'm Matt Franks. I'm Zach Bechtold. Thanks for checking us out. I want you to subscribe and like this video and put that thumbs, push that thumbs up. Thank you for listening to the Bearded Theologians podcast. Don't forget to like, subscribe, and share on all social media outlets. You can check out old episodes and more information at beardedtheologians.com. Thanks for checking us out.